Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's begin with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. That is the Father's business, turning us from Satan to him. And he is for us in that. Now, if you would turn with me to John 10, 35. The meeting is based on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, about a woman having a meek and a quiet spirit, a woman that's walking in the meek and quiet spirit of Jesus, that when the storm rages, we're standing. We're standing. Now, John 10, 35, Jesus speaking, he said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, the word of God came, then that next phrase, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. That is the wonderful thing. That is the basis. That is our anchor. That is our hope. That is the rope we cling to. That scripture cannot be broken. And with that, when we read these words out of the Bible, these words that are spirit and life, we can put our hope, we can put our faith in them, and God will manifest. He has to. It can't be broken. We have been having this short series on you're in a war. You're in a war. We get born again, and it is so comforting to know that our name is written in the book of life. And then we get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we think, oh, wow, this is so cool, this feeling, this, this, this joy, and everything is just wonderful. And then all hell hits. All hell hits. That's when you find out that you're in a war. And you know what about your being in a war? You have an enemy. You have an enemy, and it's not your husband, and it's not your children, and it's not your parents, and it's not your boss, and it's not your employees. It's not even your friends. Your enemy is the devil. Your enemy is Satan and all his army. That is who your enemy is. And you find out the first time you meet him, if you meet him in the flesh, he's a lot bigger than you are, and he mows you over. And uses you for a stepping stone. But that's why you got the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Because we learn how to fight him. We learn how to overcome him. And we learn how to put him under our feet. If you will go with me to Ephesians 6. We established some things last week. We established that Satan is not a God. Never was. He wanted to be. But he is not a God. We established that Satan is not God's and Jesus's nemesis. He is not their equal. Satan is not God's equal. Satan is not Jesus's equal. They are above him. In fact, we established last week that God created good and evil. And Jesus created everything. So Jesus created good and evil. 
Jesus is the one that created Satan. Lucifer, the dragon, whatever we call him. He has many names. But Jesus is the one that created him. And 1 Colossians says that he was created for Jesus. For Jesus. Jesus created evil for a purpose, and it was for him. Satan was created for Jesus. Then, Satan is not in hell. Satan is not in hell. I've heard people say, well, Satan in hell. You know, and they, you see all these cartoons of, of hell, the fire, and you see Satan standing there with two horns and a pitchfork. That is not Satan. Satan was Lucifer at one time. Perfect in beauty. Perfect in beauty. That's why he can appear as an angel of light. Because that's what he used to be. He is not in hell. In fact, if you read Revelations 2, his seat was the church of Pergamos, which is in nowadays Turkey. That's where Satan is. That Satan is here on the earth. And he has one job. You know what's amazing about Satan? He hates you. You are God's creation. Jesus created you. And Jesus created you to be the son of God. You are created to become sons of God. And you know what the sons of God are going to do? They're going to watch Satan be thrown into the lake of fire. He hates you. That's why he's your enemy. Oh, he talks sometimes out of people's mouths so nice to you. Have you ever had him speak to you? Oh, how sweet you are, honey. And what I really want is I want to see you in hell with me because that's where he's going. And you know what? Sometimes it's fun to remind him of where he's headed. He is headed for hell, and he's trying desperately not to get there any sooner than he has to. But we are going to send him there because we are the sons of God. Now, if you will go Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. That's a commandment. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Yes, us little women can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Your prayers, your faith, your trust in what Jesus did for you can change the world. It can change your family. It can change every situation your family's in if you've got the guts to believe. If you have the courage to believe, you can change any situation in your family. Why? Because the scripture cannot be broken. Now, beloved, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see right here, why do we have an armor? And why do we have to put it on? It's not to look pretty. It's not a photo op. It's not a statue you can buy and put on your desk. Why do you have armor? You have armor that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. The Father gave us the armor. He gave us everything we need to fight the devil. It's all here. And once you get in that fight and you've had a little bit of experience, it's kind of fun. There are times it's fun to watch him bow. Now, verse 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is where your enemy is. It is not 
your husband. It's not your family. The enemy is the devil. Now, he may be in your husband. He may be in your family. He may be in your Sunday school teacher. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith. You cannot do this without that shield. You cannot walk with God against the devil without faith. It says, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When you look at this, having your loins girt about with truth and having the gospel on your feet, there's a lot of word in this armor. There is a lot of word. You cannot do this without the word of God in your heart. But you know what the wonderful thing is? When you're a new Christian and you're just walking in this, the Holy Ghost will help you with that word. Have you ever been put up against a situation and the word of God comes out of your heart? And you think to yourself, wow, how did I remember that? I only read it once. That's the Holy Ghost in you. He knows the word. And you know what? The word's in you. And he will help you. Like we said last night, I love it. God will help us in our faith. He will help us. Now, if you notice about this, this armor, it's the breastplate, it's the truth on your loins, it's your feet, it's your helmet, it's a shield, it's a, it's a sword. Now, your backside isn't covered. Your backside's not covered. Don't ever turn your back on the devil. What did I say last week? We don't run away from him. We stand or we run at him. We stand or we run at him. Remember who you have in you. You have the one that judged him have the one that took all his authority away as a man. Jesus took all of Satan's authority on this earth away and he did it as a man. And that man is in you if you are born again. You never have to run from the devil. Oh, you may stand there and quake. You may stand there and shake. But you don't have to run. Stand. Stand. Or run at him. It is so fun when your faith is working and you go after him. Because you know what? He can't stand faith. He can't stand against faith. He can't stand against the word of God. And you notice here it says that, that we, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So you got darts coming after you. The weapon you got is a sword. Close combat. Here comes the darts. The only way you're going to work is to get close. You got a sword. You got a sword. Now, turn with me to John 10. We're going to talk about the voices. Did you know that Satan will talk to you? <laughs> if you've walked in this at all, you know Satan's got a big mouth. And he talks all the time. He talks all the time. I've heard people say, I've heard him with my own ears. Well, Satan can't talk to me. He can't touch me. I'm blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, baptized. And they go on to this all long line. But you know what? The devil talked to Jesus. The devil talked to Jesus. He talked to Jesus a lot. Well, if he talked to Jesus, you think he's going to talk to us? 
John 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you. This is Jesus speaking. It's in red. He that entereth not in by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So there are things trying to get into that sheepfold. And they're getting in there any way they can. You know where you really find Satan? You find him in church. You find a lot more of the devil in a church than you do in a bar. Why? Because he loves church. He loves to take the truth and twist it. You will find the devil in the pew just as much as you will find him down in a brothel. He's everywhere. Now, two, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's Jesus. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. So now we got the voice of Jesus. We know that Jesus does not appear unto most of us bodily and talks to us, does he? At least he hasn't me ever. I have never seen his bodily presence. I've never seen a clear description of his face. When he talks to me, he talks to me down here. Very rarely do I hear him with my audible ear. Very rarely do I hear an audible voice, but he talks loud down here. Now, Jesus said, his sheep hear his voice. How do you know you're a sheep? If you were born again, you've got the shepherd in you. And you can hear that voice. And you'll learn as you walk and as you read the word and get the word of God in you, you can hear that voice. That voice. Now it says, verse 3, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. So we're following a voice. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. But look at this next sentence. And a stranger will they not follow, but flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Well, well, well wait a minute. You mean there are other voices? You know, some of those other voices that aren't Jesus will say, thus saith the Lord. How do we get to know the voice? One of the ways is get the word in your heart. Because I tell you what, Jesus' voice will never contradict the scriptures. Jesus is the word. He's never going to contradict himself. You get the word in your heart and the voice becomes clearer. When we are born again, we hear that voice. But there is a place you have got to get the word of God in you so that you can know that the voice you're hearing, because there's more than one voice, Jesus will never contradict the scriptures. All right? That is one way. Now, go with me to Matthew 16. There are voices. Some of the voices, we don't have to have anybody around us, but we can hear the voice. It usually starts the moment you open your eyes. Some people I know wake up and they are full of the Spirit of God and they wake up speaking in tongues. A lot of my mornings are totally opposite. I have to wake up in the morning and fight. And fight. That voice is standing right there and it starts talking. It's talking. It's talking as I wake up. And you know what? You got to fight it. You got to put the whole armor of God on before you even get out of bed. You got to put the whole armor of God before you take your shower. That armor has to be put on. We have to walk in the spirit and we fight from the moment our eyes open. And a lot of times you'll find you'll be fighting through the night. Now, 
Let's go to chapter 16 of Matthew. And we're going to begin in verse 13. We're going to find out where some of those voices will come from. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, some other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And look what Jesus said. Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you. For flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter got the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Son of God, that he had come into the world. Oh, how wonderful. Now skip down to verse 21. Verse 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Right there, Jesus is preaching to his disciples the gospel. The gospel, what we preach, what we believe, that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he rose again. And then Peter took him. Peter, the one that had the revelation that Jesus was the son of God. The one that Jesus goes right on and says, thou art Peter, a pebble upon this rock. I'm going to build my church. And what does Peter say? Peter began to rebuke him saying, be thou far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. Jesus turned and said unto Peter, the one that had the revelation, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus just called Peter Satan. Who was talking out of Peter's mouth? Satan. The devil got a hold of Peter's tongue, and Jesus knew it. The one with the revelation. Have you ever had the devil get a hold of your tongue? Hand over my mouth. Have you ever had a family member, a relative, a co-worker, a Sunday school teacher have Satan get a hold of their mouth? What do you do? We're going to show you how to overcome when that happens. We're going to show you how the master did it. And it's one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible. I love this. Let's go to Luke 4. This is Jesus in the wilderness. And the devil talks to him. The devil talks to Jesus. If the devil's going to talk to Jesus, he's going to talk to us. And you know what? Jesus shows us how to overcome it. Jesus shows us right here how to overcome those voices. I tell you what, sometimes there are a thousand of them. Sometimes it's your own heart that helps. This is how Jesus overcame it. Luke 4 verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. Jesus was a man. It says in the scriptures, you cannot tempt God. Jesus was tempted. He was a man. And it says in Hebrews, he was tempted with every temptation that we could be tempted with. The man was busy getting tempted. He was tempted with every temptation that we can be tempted with. Now, I want to say it right here. Jesus was a man. He was tempted. It is not sin to be tempted. It is not sin to be tempted. Sin happens when you yield to the temptation. And you will see here that Jesus is being 
tempted, but he never gives in. He never yields to this temptation, so he never sins. But he shows us how to deal with the temptation, and it's beautiful. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil shows up. Now the man is weaker and hungry. And the devil shows up. Oh, is that true? Try fasting and see if the devil will show up. He not only shows up, he brings a dozen donuts with him. And the devil said unto him, if, if, the devil said, if. Jesus said in the scriptures, he said, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He can't even tell the truth. So now we got the devil talking to Jesus, and he says, if, if, if thou be the son of God, command this stone, and it be made bread. If. You know, I love it, the way Smith Wigglesworth says it. He says, if the devil comes to you and says, you're not saved, the devil's a liar. Guaranteed, you're saved. If the devil comes to you and says, you're not going to get healed this time, the devil can't tell the truth. Hallelujah. You just got your confirmation. You're going to get healed. The devil's a liar. You know what Doyle showed me one day? I mean, he set me free because I was a little religious girl. I mean, they called me the church mouse in school. And one day we were in the house and he was fighting the devil. And all of a sudden I heard, you're a liar. You're a liar. And I'm thinking, what did I say? You know what? He was talking to the devil. And he had no trouble telling the devil he was a liar. You know what that taught me? I'm allowed to do the same thing. Devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. I overcame some of my religious heart going after the devil, telling him he was a liar. And now you hear me in the house. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. There was one day I chased him all over the house. I walked in every room. You're a liar. You're a liar. You hear me? You're a liar. You're a liar. You know what I overcame? I overcame my own religious heart that I had to listen to him. You don't have to listen to the devil. You don't have to listen to him. You can tell him where to go because he's going there. Now, if thou be the son of God, command that this stone be made bread. And look how Jesus answers him. And Jesus answered him saying, he gets out the sword. He takes out the sword. He pulls it out of the sheath, if you must. Have an illustration. And he says, it is written. It is written. The man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. How did he answer the devil? It is written. It is written. The scripture cannot be broken. Satan had no answer. Satan had no answer. The next one, and the devil taketh them up into a high mountain. You mean the devil could take Jesus places? Showed him into all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. You mean the devil has that much power? You mean the devil can give you a vision? Well, he just gave Jesus one, all the kingdoms in a moment of time. That's why we need to know the shepherd's voice. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Thank you very much, Adam. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. 
If thou wilt therefore worship me, all of this shall be thine. He was tempting Jesus. Think about that for a minute. He was tempting Jesus. There was something in Jesus that would listen to that. But how did Jesus overcome it? Out comes the sword again. And Jesus answered and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. It is written. Oh, we can use that sword as a weapon. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from thence. For it is written, he shall... Look at this. Now he's using the Bible. Satan is using the Bible. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. The devil's saying, go ahead, jump off. They'll catch you. Go ahead. Ever had the devil say that to you? And how did Jesus answer? Out came the sword. It is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. How did Jesus combat the devil? It is written. He used the sword of the spirit. He used the shield of faith. He had the armor on. He had to. He had to walk like we did. And he used the sword. It is written. How many times the devil has said to me, your money's not coming this time. It is written. It is written he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. How many times the devil said to me, oh, now you've done it. You've messed up now. There's no hope for you. It is written. It is written. Jesus died for me and carried all my sins and all my iniquities and all my diseases. It is written. It is written. That's how we overcome that's how the armor works. Jesus used it. We can use it. We can use it the moment we open our eyes in the morning, and we can use it all night long. Your kids are never coming home. It is written. It is written. The righteous seed will be delivered. It is written. There is how the sword is used. You know, we can't even have that sword. We can't even have that shepherd. We can't hear his voice until he's in us. If you want the shepherd, you're going to have to get him in you. You're going to have to be born again. Jesus knew that. That's why he told Nicodemus, a man that was a leader of the Jews and a perfect follower of the law, Jesus said, but you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again to get the shepherd in you and to learn how to hear his voice because he will lead you. He will tell you where to walk. He will guide you. He will have the path already in front of you. But you must get him in your heart. You must be born again. How do we do that? We pray to him, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Become Lord of my life. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And like we said last night, there was a woman that says, I can't believe that father helped me. And you know what? God helped her. God will help you. God will help you believe. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Jesus, lead me. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.